0: Today's program is brought to you by White Oak Pastures, a five-generation Georgia-based beef and poultry farm determined to conduct business in an honorable manner. For more information, visit whiteoakpastures.com. I'm Erica White, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, and welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today we're coming to you from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen to After the Jump every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes anytime. The holidays are here, and more often than not, they get the best of us. It's not only stressful for shoppers and travelers, but for business owners, too. Independent artists, designers, photographers, and makers of all sorts have an endless sea of craft fairs, holiday markets, sale, and giveaway options that can lead to huge sales and a boost in brand exposure, but can also lead to confusion and opportunities that don't always fulfill their return on investment. So today I'm joined by one of my favorite artists, Nick Newcomb. Hi, Nick.
1: Hey, thanks for having
0: me. Nick and I like to talk about the business side of the creative community whenever we're together, and I have a lot of trust and respect in his opinion on these topics. So, today we're going to help all of you and your businesses navigate the sometimes tricky world of holiday sales. So thanks for being here, Nick.
1: Thanks for having me. It's fun. Um, it's
0: how are you fun holding app. together the holiday season so it's far? It's just
1: picking up. Yeah, it's good.
0: <laughs> a little tired. So you run your own label where you make and sell all sorts of really beautiful tableware and lighting, sculptures, and so many more things. But um, you. you also work for another designer during the day. So you've got experience in both ends of the design world, working mm-hmm. for a larger company and a smaller company. For you, what are sort of the best and worst parts of being a designer around the holidays?
1: The I'll start with the positive. The, <laughs> the the best is always the excitement of the client and wanting something, and and they're they're so enthusiastic about it. It's usually a gift, or they're they're putting together an event and they just want to decorate their home, and so they want it right away or yesterday, and it's quick problem solving in the moment and making them happy, and so it's it's a great way to just kind of support them.
0: Yeah. What about the worst parts? The worst part is <laughs> the same. <laughs>
1: it's 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 um it's sometimes it's just late nights getting it done, uh, getting it out in time, begging the UPS driver to to take your package. Uh, not too long ago, <laughs> I chased a UPS driver all the way down to uh, the Rockaways, uh, thinking he would have a stop coming up, and uh, he was on his way back to the uh, the terminal. And so I, I I pulled up against him and said, please, 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 please take my <laughs> packages. And he did. So it's, it's, it's about getting in there on time and, and the hustle.
0: I, I feel like shipping is always the thing that complicates every holiday design yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I feel like coming from the other side of this, and so Nick and I are basically going to sort of address all of these issues from the side of the maker and the side from sort of the press PR angle. Um, and for me, I feel like the thing I hear from people the most is that it's both good and bad to sort of be in the sea of holiday sales because it's easy to get lost in sort of mm-hmm. all of the giveaways and the press and the mm-hmm. gift guides that happen. But they're also a chance to sort of get exposure when you may not typically get exposure in those before. Yep. Um, and I think you were talking about clients. I think it's a, probably the one time of year other than maybe birthdays, but those aren't all uniform Where people are actively looking for things to buy, and that just doesn't happen at other times of the year. So it's like your one time to grab people who may not normally invest in things, especially handmade things, when the price points a lot higher. Right. Um, And I think for me, and I I mean for you as well, in this sort of sort of small scale, like domestic indie business, that's a huge selling point. I feel like for holiday times is that people want to be able to shop local or shop small. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm thinking about that, like American Express small business like Saturday campaign, and have you seen that angle be something that's a selling point these days
1: definitely uh there is a a growing movement and there's a long way for it to go uh for people to buy local just like they eat locally or they purchase food like locally and i think that food movement is moving into the home and home goods uh which is really exciting and i think it's important and, um, and so especially here in New York, people want to say, hey, I know you make stuff. I want to support you. But I also want to give my friend a gift who likes local things and they like handmade things. And so it's this nice kind of cycle of support. And, and it goes back to voting with your dollars. You know, I'm going to support the makers and I'm going to spend five extra dollars on a handmade mug than going to a big department store and, and getting it for five dollars less. And there's something special about that. And for me, that extra sale makes or breaks me. Um, So it really helps. And anyone that can spend that extra money and that attention to detail, it's their way of supporting the community and their values and and passing that along.
0: I think just saying something like that out loud, saying that that extra mug makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference is a big thing that needs to be said more often these days. Because I feel like I think a lot about... How come, like, why has the food movement been able to sort of break through that space of everyone right. understands why you pay for organic or why you pay for local? And obviously that was not an overnight movement that no. happened, but it seems to be taking a long time to break through for the design community. And I think for me and for a lot of people who care about independent design, to hear something like that mm-hmm. is a big deal, but nobody ever says things out, right. out loud yeah. like that. I mean, that
1: extra $5 is going to help. Pay, pay that extra bit on the rent or mm-hmm. maybe it's going to, so I can eat a sandwich <laughs> or whatever. Um, I mean, it, it all adds up and it's it's, it's important.
0: Yeah. I think uh, one example I always go back to in my head is a couple years ago, um, along with two friends of mine, I organized this, uh, like a holiday fair in Portland, Oregon. And I remember mm-hmm. there was this one maker, Ed Juan who told me he sold out everything on the first day of this bazaar which was which was wonderful on its own but he was saying he made so much extra money from that that he was able to take a car home oh, and you think about yeah. small things like that and yeah. he was like he grabbed my arm and he was like I got to take a car home I didn't have to take <laughs> the bus home and when you're carrying all of your you know if you've been to a craft fair there's all sorts of stuff people have to carry to and from with their packages and all that stuff so for him to have that like little bit of convenience mm-hmm. was such a huge mm-hmm. deal and I think if you think about somebody who's like oh, I could just walk in to this big box store and buy something versus I could right. spend 10 or 15 extra dollars with this maker. Like you have the chance to make a big impact on someone else's life. Big time. Yeah. Those things should be talked about. Um, so let's talk about some good things that you can do to make the most of uh, sort of the holiday time. Cause there are a lot of things people can do even right now. Like if, I know it's too late to usually sort of get print press for holiday stuff right now, but there's a lot people can do. What are some things you like to do um, this time of year to really make the most of it?
1: Uh, I like to just, I mean, the holidays are all about getting out there and being social and, and in a way you're promoting your brand, but you're connecting with your audience. You're connecting with your friends who in the beginning, though, that's your audience and your family. And you're just kind of like getting excited and just sharing the love and saying, thanks for the support. And it all comes back. Uh, So they go invite some people over for some drinks or dinner or something and and maybe make somebody something. And um, that support will come around when it's time to purchase gifts for everybody. And then they'll say, oh, wow, yeah, that's right. Nick makes X, Y, and Z. and He can help me out with this and I can help him in the same moment.
0: I think that social aspect is a big mm-hmm. a big part that I think, especially when you're tired and overworked as a maker and you know as somebody who works two jobs at the same time, there's right. not a lot of spare time. But that little bit of effort goes a long way. I think for me, the, the biggest thing that a designer and maker can do this time of year is to take a little bit of extra time to tell their story. Nice, and I think yeah. that when you think about price points when you're dealing with independent design is that... The way you sort of break through with people and catch them and make it click is to actually see them face to face, to tell about your process, to tell Mm -hmm. about how that happens, why things cost what they cost, where you source your materials, why it makes a difference. Look at the people who work for your company, where they are every day. And I think it doesn't have to be a difficult process. You can use Vine or you can use Instagram or you can use Pinterest and you can pin pictures of your studio and your process and all these things that are kind of free resources to get the story out there i think that's a big a big thing to do yeah and
1: well in your role as someone who has such a a design heavy blog where you tell the story like that is so beneficial for someone like me to say oh do you look at design sponge and then somebody will look at it and they'll be like oh there's this whole community of makers um it, it really is supportive i mean as a as a blogger as a writer how do you tell that story in a way that it it's not beating it it over the head or it's it's keeping the attention without being too much or vice versa
0: I feel like, and this is something I think makers run away from sometimes. Is you have to be brutally honest and real about what that person's daily life is. Mm-hmm. I, this is I've never met a maker who didn't want to use the word "we" versus "I." And this is yeah. this is just like the food community. Every time you watch Top Chef and someone makes a dish and they present it, they go, "Today we have," and I'm like, "You're one person. The right. Own that one. One of you just made that." And I think when it comes to small businesses, everyone wants to say like "We at so and so ceramics company," and it's like, no, own the fact that it's you. It's you and your dog out there every <laughs> night making stuff staying mm-hmm. up late to me as as a buyer that's what I want to hear I mean mm-hmm. I don't mind if somebody has employees I think that's incredible right I just think there's no need to sort of make things seem more grandiose than they are I think it's nice to tell a very real honest story so sure for us when we're trying to tell stories um, about someone's work to make sure it's not repetitive is you really try to get to the core of what somebody's real life is like are they working several jobs like what are they sacrificing mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons we included a question or added a question to the business profile series we do about what what have you given up to have the business that you have because mm-hmm. i think it's important for people to know that everyone thinks like oh these people are living the dream and they're making mm-hmm. stationary all day like that sounds great on the outside but Mm -hmm. i'm sure you know like there are a lot of things you give up to run an independent business and so i think people talking about them is something that really makes people connect with them a lot more
1: right cool
0: but I want to ask you as a maker How two sure. two things. So, um, I think for the holidays, the two things everybody immediately goes to besides holiday fairs, and we'll get to that in a second, um, is dealing with some sort of free shipping, free sales, right. that situation that happens every, every year. And I was doing some research to prepare for the show and, I read a lot of articles about why it's important to do free shipping or free gift wrapped, and they basically were saying you have to make sure your business can actually swing it because essentially it works out to be about a ten percent discount for every order that happens if you're giving them free shipping or free whatever. Right. Um, so, how do you, do you do that a lot?
1: Oh my gosh, that's my phone. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: so sorry.
0: Maybe it's a holiday sale. <laughs> uh,
1: it's not. It's a studio emergency, actually. But um, it'll, that fire may put itself out. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I have not done that one because my margins are so ridiculously thin. There's not a lot of room for it. And I think that's a slippery slope when you start slashing prices here and there. Like sure. Free shipping. Shipping is so expensive to begin with if you want reliable, good shipping. Mm -hmm. Um, and okay, maybe I can wrap something a little bit more with some special tissue paper. And that's great. You know, if that's something that. I should do i'll definitely consider it but it's right now everything is so tight that there's just no room for me to do it i have heard things where when um, a retailer offers f- free shipping they'll double their sales and that's fantastic i think that's great especially when you just need to do volume and that's something i'm, I'm looking into but right now when it's me and and I have two extremely part-timers, there's just no room for that.
0: Yeah. I think it's something to really carefully consider. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you had any success with bundling sales? That's something I see a lot of at the holiday time. Is like, oh, I make carved wooden spoons. I'm going to sell a set of six of these right. versus like just one on its own. Oh my
1: goodness. These are great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done that really. The the last couple of years of holiday sales have been just keeping up with the demand and having enough inventory where it's, it's a good problem, but it, like I haven't needed to do a promotional thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to talk about pitfalls to avoid yeah. next, but yeah. first we're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with Nick to talk about how to handle the holidays with your business. Welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and today I'm talking with Nick Newcomb about how your business can make the most of the holiday season. So I want to get into the nitty gritty, which is basically how do you avoid the pitfalls that happen with holiday selling? So um, I want to start with, with my tips because I feel like yeah. one of the things I hear from a lot is sort of how things haven't worked out. And I tend to hear from people who want to know how to fix something or undo what's been done. So I'm going to run through my quick tip list. Um, I think the first thing to do to avoid the biggest issues, which are almost always about supply and demand, Mm -hmm. is to make sure you have enough product. If you're going to spend a lot of money promoting something or going to a show, make sure you show up with enough product. If you're a brand, brand new maker and have no idea what enough is, (laughs) that's when I think talking to either, if you're going to sell at a fair talk to the people who run the fair, who run the festival. People will know how many people to expect, what sort of volume people in your niche typically sell. And then talk to somebody who's been there before. You're not asking for financial numbers. You're asking them for a rough estimate of how many goods did you sell per day, just so you know how much to bring. So Mm -hmm. think about what you bring. The next thing to think about is make sure that your website, your social pages, and your photography are up up to snuff and ready to go. Because (laughs) I think (laughs) when people are looking for gift guides, especially on online, which is sort of a one-click shop situation these days, if you don't have beautiful photographs, people are not going to pick up your items to sell or to promote in a gift guide, which is really honestly for me the fastest way to get things done these days is to get your work picked up into a gift guide. And if your photos don't look good, no one wants to put them on a website that's all about something beautiful that people want to buy. So take a little bit of time before November to take some good product shots. The other thing I think as a blogger and and this is probably bad for me to say, but I think don't do every giveaway re- request that comes from bloggers. I hear about this more and more that bloggers are requesting tons and tons of free product to give away with the promise of this will lead to extra sales. This will lead to great exposure. And there is great exposure and being online and being in a blog. But if you do a giveaway with every single site, you are essentially making it known that your products are not worth as much as mm-hmm. everybody else's. So to put them out there, just really consider who you choose to do them with why you're doing them and if you do them use them as an excuse to sort of branch out to a different audience you wouldn't typically be in front of. So for example with Nick's work, if it would be a sort of a no-brainer to go with the design site to do a giveaway mm-hmm. of your bowls and cups, but maybe you cross over into a site like Food 52 or someone different where they're touching the food community versus just the design community mm-hmm. so for me I think that's a good time to do that. I'm but... taking notes as you know, say. <laughs> what are some of the pitfalls that have happened for you Nick that you think you can maybe help people avoid a little bit, whether it's about pricing or shipping or something. I mean,
1: you touched on a lot, and I, you, that advice is extremely helpful. And every September, I'm like, okay, this year I'm going to do this, this, and this. A lot of what you said, and here we are in the middle of November, and I'm like, oh, I still haven't uploaded those photos on the website. <laughs> um, and so the you know, the pitfalls are anticipating the wrong thing that's going to be the big seller and so then you have this inventory of a lot of this one style of plate uh that i make and then i'm i'm stuck in january with an overstock and so and meanwhile there was a demand for something else that i didn't have and so that's tough to do and so i try to just kind of diversify a little bit and make sure i've got a, a good amount of most things
0: I think diversification is a great tip. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think a lot of the, especially with the sort of popularity of flash sale sites now, where I remember back in the day when they were all started popping up like yeah. five or six years ago, you got a lot of sort of really small scale homemakers who were told to make like a thousand exactly. of one yeah. ceramic object and then sold 200 of them. And then it's like, what do you do with a year's <laughs> worth of sales? You're
1: telling my story.
0: <laughs> so I think that's where talking to people who are sort of peers, trusted peers, of mm-hmm. course, because I know not everybody wants to share that information to try to get a good idea of what holiday sales are like if you've never been through one before. That's where that Mm -hmm. comes in real handy. Um, One thing I want to suggest to people as well is to, if you're able to, please offer international shipping and expedited shipping, but with your customer being the one who pays the cost for that. I cannot tell you how many people I hear from in the UK and in Australia whose design sensibilities are so similar to those Mm -hmm. in the US right now who would love to buy things that they see on design blogs and in design magazines in the US, but there isn't even an option to ship that internationally. And I think a lot of times sellers feel like they have to take that burden. But if your international customers are willing to pay for it, Mm -hmm. give them a cutoff. Say if you don't order it by november 29th i cannot promise that it will get there Mm -hmm. and limit it and take advantage of that to see if you can break into a different market i think a lot of times people just want the option and if they see you can't pay to have it two day or one week or whatever shipping they want they're not even going to buy it Mm -hmm. so if that's something you can offer i think it's a huge huge bonus
1: yeah that's great advice it's expensive to ship overseas and often for the sake of ease when i set up my, my shop i would just be like oh yeah sure i'll ship it over international it'll cost the same to ship to arizona <gasps> and then I, and you, I like go fill out the labels and oh my god oh, i like no yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't do yeah. that um, all right, let's talk about holiday sales. I think everybody gets into them this year. There are like twenty billion holiday fairs, mm-hmm. bazaars, and festivals that happen, and I think so many of them are a, a great idea and a great way to get exposure. Have you done any holiday sales? Or do you have any thoughts on them? Oh yeah,
1: uh, and I've been doing them since the beginning. Since like even in school, there's always some sort of like fun holiday thing, and it. To me, they're about community, and they're about building your audience and, and connecting locally, going back to what we were saying earlier, with, like, your your friends and family will always come to these and support you and or the, the people you see every day. Like, I love – and it's a little off topic, but I love a good stoop sale where I can mm-hmm. bring out some of my seconds and meet all my neighbors, and all of a sudden they're like, you're the guy that makes the pottery. That's fantastic. Like, that's great. Um, and so the holiday sale thing is I – I've learned not to say yes to everything and to be very selective. And in fact, the ones that are more curated and intimate are the better ones because you're going to do okay in sales regardless. But what is important is meeting the right people and making the right connections and and building those relationships that are going to last year after year after year.
0: Absolutely. I, I think that's probably the number one tip I would ever have for anyone doing a holiday fair is to look at the people you're going to be next to mm-hmm. to pay attention to how the show's being curated. Because especially if you're somebody making something by hand that comes with a price point that reflects that time and effort. For you to be next to somebody who is importing something or not make it's like machine made and the cost is going to be so much lower Right. for you to sell a hundred dollar sculpture next to somebody who's selling like a $7 mm-hmm. other thing. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult comparison for shoppers to make. And they say, well, here are all these people selling inexpensive things. Why would I buy the hundred dollar item? So exactly. you really have to make sure that you're contextualized in a way that benefits your work. Um, In terms of picking shows, and this is something I always tell people to do, is to ask the organizers. Because there there are so many of these that are new that pop up. And some of them are wonderful. Like, I remember the first year Lista had a sale. It was a brand new thing. They were a blog. They weren't, like, you know, Renegade or something. Mm -hmm. And people didn't know if it was going to be good to do and it ended up being spectacular. But I always ask people to ask the organizers what the ratio is between handmade, imports, and food vendors. Because those three things play a big part in how your work is going to be produced. trade. And I think a lot of times it's if it's more food than it is sales, Mm -hmm. it becomes a social event and people aren't really buying. And if it's a lot of imported work or machine made work where the price points are going to be low, you're going to have a hard time selling. So I think that's something to to consider. That's
1: great advice. Um,
0: The other thing to think about is that people are going to come to your booth that will not buy things (laughs) and that's totally fine but it does not mean that you will lose them as a sale forever and so I always say make sure there's a mailing list on Mm -hmm. your table make sure people can sign up and say I love this but I'm not going to buy it now or I don't have any reason to buy it now make sure you have business cards if you have catalogs or product lines put those out as well and try not to sell yourself too low i think at holiday sales everyone thinks if i've got something under 25 dollars, it's going to go so fast but right. then that item to your buyer has to always be under 25 dollars. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if it's typically 70 and you're suddenly dropping it so low if someone sees you again in march they're going to be like whoa why did you raise your prices so much mm-hmm. so i think the biggest thing to avoid at those fairs is to underprice your work too much
1: yeah yeah that's great advice. I found that depending on the culture of the sale, you may get people that are like, "Hey, if I buy four of these plates can can I get a special price or And I try to roll with it, and I want them to feel comfortable asking me, so' um, yes or no it, it really depends on on um, the whole setting, um, but feel free to ask me yeah you know, that, that's fine.
0: Absolutely. And two two quick other ones. This was, I went to the Renegade Fair last weekend, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, three quick things. Always have somebody at your booth. I feel like there were, there were a couple <laughs> booths where I went by where even during a 30-minute spin, there was still nobody there, and wow. I was going to buy something. Um, and the other is to always have some form of money accepting available. Yes. like. Have a square reader, have a cash box, have something. So if your card reader doesn't work or if you don't have change, um, have a way to do that. A lot of people are using Venmo and PayPal. So have these options set up on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer, Mm -hmm. whatever you have with you and make sure that's ready to go because you don't want to miss out on a sale. So, um, let's talk about, I want to talk really quickly about holiday leads and sales. Um, do you do like holiday newsletters or anything special for that?
1: It, that's another to-do list item that <laughs> I haven't gotten to. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll promote with Facebook and Instagram and, um, I've not done like a newsletter. That's, it's definitely something I want to do. Um.
0: So, There's a, a lot idea. of work. It's a very good idea. They're a lot yeah. of work as, as the PR half of our conversation. Yeah, <laughs>
1: because you have to make it look good. It's got to be yeah. on brand and it can't be junky.
0: Yeah, I, I highly recommend. Um, we use MailChimp for mm-hmm. ours and it's a relatively inexpensive platform to use. Um, we're not getting paid for this mention. They're just a wonderful company. We really enjoy <laughs> working with them. Um, and they're really easy to use. They let you set up pretty easy like to customize newsletters, Um, but I want to suggest four things when thinking about holiday sales and leads, um, which is you're always looking to get four things out of any holiday sale. You want to get somebody's email address. You want to get them to like or follow your social page. You want to try to get some sort of market research out of them about your work and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you want to get is some sort of sales data. So if you're able to follow someone and figure out how they got to you, why they chose to buy what they bought, this is all the information you want to think about gathering. And a couple ways to do that are having a giveaway or sort of a branded contest, whether it's with a blog or on a social platform. But if you're going to do these things, you need to make sure you get something in return. I think a lot of brands think they're going to get a huge thing out of doing a giveaway and they very rarely turn into very much for the maker unless they're done really well. So I think what you should always do is make sure that you have some sort of contest that requires somebody to give you feedback about what you do. So if you're giving away a whole thing of tableware, make sure they're leaving a comment about, what's the one thing you'd love to see me make that I'm not making right now? Or what color would you like to see something sold in? So you're getting free market research Mm -hmm. from your audience. Um, West Elm did this on Design Sponge, and it was the smartest thing I had ever (laughs) seen. They got like 700 comments people left about what they would like to see West Elm sell that they're not selling. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was the most genius way to use that contest. So... Always make sure you're getting something else in return. So, before we run out of time, I want each of us to or share our sort of top five tips for holiday selling. So, I'm going to have you go first, Nick. What are your your top five tips for everybody listening?
1: Plan. Create a schedule. Uh, yeah, know when the holiday sales are. Plan when you're going to send an e blast or send a, a um, something on Facebook or get get it out there and get ahead of it. Um, don't overcommit. The holidays are a chance for you to enjoy the holidays. Um, and the the sales are fun, so enjoy those, but make sure you give yourself a day off just to, to sit back and, and maybe enjoy a glass of wine. Um, keep your cool with your clients. They're going to be very demanding. They want it all yesterday, or they want to ship direct to their loved ones, and you sh- should be able to pull that off as long as you maintain composure. Um, and at a holiday sale bring good packing materials um it's it's kind of sad when you as some as a buyer as i when i was a buyer i would buy something and say okay cool can you wrap that up thinking i'm just going to put it, a bow on it and give it to a friend and it's wrapped in old newsprint and it just doesn't project the the specialness of the the purchase so is that five
0: I think so. Okay. Yeah. The last I, one's good. I okay. think a lot of people don't bring like yeah, appropriate g- just packing. Get
1: some good tissue paper and yeah. a nice brown bag. And just a, a small nice gift bag. butcher's twine. Like yes, any, exactly. something
0: really simple. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. an expensive material, but it makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. My top five are number one, keep pricing in mind. So don't lower your price so much that you're pricing yourself out for the rest of the year. Number two is do giveaways only in exchange for information that's helpful for you in the long run. Number three, use your in-person events as valuable ways to tell your story. Make sure you look at the people in the eye who are coming to your booth, shake their hands, get some information from them, but be friendly about it. Step four is to do the exact same thing through your online channels and social media. You want to use those free platforms to show people your process and what you do as much as possible. And number five is team up with people who sell gifts that work together with yours to cross-promote without competition. So if you're somebody who makes tabletop wear, team up with somebody who makes a really great food product and sell it as sort of a packaged mm-hmm. gift idea. So you can access each other's channels without kind of taking each other's customers at the same time.
1: You're so good. That's my, you're favorite. really good. <laughs> <Snip>. <laughs> um,
0: so those are my top five. We're almost out of time, but you're not getting away without uh. some quick <laughs> questions, all of which will be holiday themed today. So get ready. Let's do it. Number one, what is your go-to gift for the holiday season?
1: Am I giving it or giving it? Um, I'll, I'll grab something that I, I made. Yeah. You know, something that it was like a one-off. It was an experiment.
0: What's yeah. your favorite holiday food or drink?
1: Oh, holiday drink. It's, it's
0: so it's, many to choose. It's from. definitely a drink,
1: <laughs> but it, it's every holiday champagne. Oh, yeah. good one. Yeah.
0: Uh, what's your favorite holiday movie? Home Alone. Ah, oh, good choice. What is the one gift you're hoping to receive this year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, something thoughtful. You know, when the person thought about the, gif- the giftee, you know, that's when it's really special.
0: Yeah. Last one. What was the best <laughs> holiday gift or surprise you received when you were little?
1: Oh, a He Man tent. <laughs> uh, Santa dropped it off, and it came with a sword and a shield and plastic cuffs. And I hooked it up next to my uh, closet. So it was like, it went on. You could go through the tent to get to the closet, it was pretty good.
0: That's, that's pretty epic. Well chosen.
1: What about you? Do, you? do I get to ask you questions?
0: Oh, no, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I okay. get to ask you the questions. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for it's being here. Okay? Where holidays. can everybody find you online?
1: Um, Instagram is the quickest, most immediate stuff. It's Nick Nukem, N-I-C, Nukem, Newcomb, N-I-C, Newcomb, N-E-W-C-O-M-B. Facebook and my website, nicholasnewcomb.com.
0: Good stuff. Thanks for being here. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you.